Welcome to Crash Chords Autographs. Today, Matt welcomes playwright, actor, and producer Ngozi Anyawu. Writer of the play Good Grief, which starts its run in LA at the end of February, Ngozi is one of the producers of the Now Africa Playwrights Festival. She has also acted in Mysteries of Laura, Limitless, and Law and Order SVU, just to name a few. With Matt, Ngozi chats about how Good Grief came to be, as well as how she began writing, specifically playwriting. They also chat about the origins of the Now Africa Playwrights Festival, the changing landscape of the arts, and the similarities and differences between her many talents. And so, here's presenting Matt Storm and Ngozi Anyawu. And welcome to Autographs. I, of course, am Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon, and my guest this week is Ngozi. Ngozi, thank you for joining me. Sure, no problem. Thanks um, for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, I got to meet you through my lovely wife, Sarah, yeah. who you've worked with before. Yeah. Um, did you guys go to school together, too? Is that how you'd met? No, wow. I, we met through the uh, Old Vic New Voices oh, yes. uh, sort of cross-exchange program, and I was an intern at the Public Theater, an artistic intern, when I had sort of been connected with the Old Vic New Voices program. Oh, cool. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Very so cool. I, met her through that and we've been very cool ever since. And you've been a little busy lately. Just a little bit. Just, just a little a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As an actor, playwright, and producer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to start talking about Good Grief a little sure, bit. Sure, um, sure, So I was reading about it. That's just starting in LA soon, yes? Yeah, we start rehearsals January 31st, oh, wow. finally. <laughs> Has it been a long time coming getting that set up in LA? Or? Yeah, I mean, I, it was announced last year. I'd, I, around this time, I had won this award called the Humanitas, yes. which is a well-known film and TV award, and mm-hmm. it opened a playwriting category for oh, LA-based cool. playwrights, and I was between between LA and New York um, at the time when I had applied for it and I had won. Um, and so uh, with the winning of that award came some some ducats and, <laughs> and like a really great like staged reading uh, that we had done uh, around February this time last year, which I was like happy about. And then they had fallen in love with the play and decided to do it. So uh, they had decided to do that around like late spring last year. So it had been announced uh, around then, mm-hmm. and so you know, we've just been waiting, you know, right, sure. uh, since then. So it's been like waiting, it's been uh, auditions uh, for the play. We're still auditioning mm-hmm. for our lead. Uh, we had a, a workshop uh, early December where we did like a week long workshop, so it's like a little oh, taste, cool. you know. Oh, wow. So that's awesome, yeah. So it's just been it's been really great, but it's also been like, let's get to it. <laughs> Can we get to it? <laughs> well, let's, <laughs> you know, let's talk let's about start. the play a little bit, sure. maybe give the listeners a, a brief synopsis of it, and then talk about like this transition from writing to see it come to life and what that's been like. Yeah, uh, it's a pseudo autobiographical play, um, about um, a time in my life where my best friend had passed away mm-hmm. when I was around 21. Um, I had taken a break from undergrad from theater school because I'm in school in Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh is gray and depressing. And I just <laughs> depressed and I was going to school for theater and I was 20 and that's what happens. So I went home and reconnected with a, a very good friend of mine and he had passed in the middle of that. Um, and that, yeah, that was about like 13 years ago or so. Um, and in my third year of grad school, which was in 2013, it had been like the 10th anniversary of his passing. Mm-hmm. I'd been thinking about him a lot. And yeah, so I wrote this play about him, essentially. It mm-hmm. started off as a sort of long love letter poem to right. that time in my life of just being young and, and what that friendship meant. And then it sort of like skunked out into a full-blown play. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, and... You know, I'd put on readings in school, so I had friends in school. I went to UCSD, which is like a really awesome school, and it had awesome writers and mm-hmm. playwrights and directors as well. So I would just hang out with my friends and just be like, is this a play? <laughs> um, and they're like, I think this is a play. Or like, I think it's something. Let's yeah. keep working on it. And so by the time I had graduated, I started on it my last year in grad school. By the time I graduated, I had like a first draft. Oh, wow, that's great. Yeah, so that was like in 2013. Cool. And had you always wanted to be a writer, or is it just something that you kind of started doing? Uh, I was, like, really into poetry and really mm-hmm. into writing poetry, um, and I really had gotten it in my head that I was going to be a poet. Oh. <laughs> like, really, I was, like, high school, and I was like, that's not... And then I don't know what happened. I think I was, like... 
I was like into creative writing, and, mm-hmm. and then I was somehow I was like, acting is safe. I'm gonna go to school for <laughs> acting. You know what I mean? I don't sure. know where that transition happened, but it felt a little bit more um, realistic, even though that wasn't at all either. Uh, but it felt like that was something I wanted to do as well. So I ended up just sort of re completely directing my focus into. Uh, performing arts. Okay. And uh, I had always produced things in school. Like, we had done this thing in undergrad where I had produced with uh, some girlfriends of mine this thing called the Unfinished Works Festival where mm-hmm. we, we would produce scenes and monologues oh, cool. that we had written of things that, like, we had never finished. Right. But then I also really started the habit of, like, never finishing. <laughs> right. Um, and I had taken classes at Primary Stages uh, Theater School um, in New York where they do, like, so I took a playwriting classes there of, 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 like, the hopes of, like, oh, a play I can write a play I can write and then just never getting past page 17 oh wow you know yeah. um, and just never really yeah just never really like getting to it and like you know leave it to grad school the most exhausting experience of your life where you'll actually finish something because yeah. you're it's just ama- it's, it's amazing what you can do when you're a loss of sanity yeah where you're just like, like you're just what is time right I, you know my uh classmates would come into the office while I was writing Good Grief and, and, they, and I'd be in the dark crying in front of my laptop and like, what are you doing when I'm writing a play? I got get out, get out, get out. Um, so yeah, I feel like writing has always sort of been in my bones, uh, creative writing and, and poetry and what have you. And, and uh, But this is sort of like my first vocation into like, no, playwrights, like full length, at least 90 page pieces like this is another identity that I'm like oh I have to sort of like really commit to this one so um it's always been there but this is but this is the first play so and do you find because you of course you've you're an actress as well um most recently you've been on Law and Order SVU as a recurring character who started out nameless and then got a name (laughs) which I think is really cool that they keep building it out yeah so um do you how do you find the balance between writing and acting do they inform each other or are they kind of things you keep separate and practice I mean I'm gonna be in good grief like I'm in the play sure of course um so right now it's not separate the next couple things that I'm writing I write with no intention to be in them. I actually okay. wrote with no intention to be in Good Grief. Um, it just sort of like happened that way. Um, uh, but I guess like back in the day, I don't know when it was actually, there was some sort of like culture shift where it was like, if you write and you want to be in your pieces, that's weird. Or like <laughs> if you write and you act like you should pick one, right? right. Like you'd only focus on one because one, one won't be as good as the other. When I was like, that's actually just not the case. If you do stuff, you just do stuff. And it seems like everybody writes their own stuff now. Right. And I, but I feel like that's like back in like, you know, I mean, we aren't all crazy like Orson Welles, right? But like that's Orson Welles was like, right? Direct, produce, yeah. Everything. You know what I mean? And like back in the day, like performers were like actors, singer, you know, like they had their hand in producing it. Mm-hmm. So they actually had some say. Sure. Um, so I feel like it's actually something that's been like, you know, sto- like Shakespeare performed in his plays. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, like people perform in their storytellers, wrote their stuff and then were the actual performers and storytellers. So I feel like I don't know how or when it got mangled that like you can't do both or you mm-hmm. can't. I mean, you should do everything well. You should try that. But I um, I feel like uh, they very much inform the other. I think my writing very much, inf- like my acting very much informs my writing. I literally sit and say all the words of the play, right. of things that I'm writing, because I'm like, oh, no one's going to say that. Or like, no one wants to say that. I'm like, that's yeah. awful. You know what I mean? So sure. I, I feel like uh, it informs me in a way that actually doesn't make me as free as a writer as I would like to be. It right. makes me a little like more... I probably critique my writing more because I'm right. an actor because I'm like, oh, the actors are going to like... Yeah, I, they don't want to do that. They're like, that's unmotivated. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm like, that's, just, that, that's not motivated by this next moment. So I'm, I'm always sort of trying to think about the actors when I'm writing something. Uh... Uh, which may be why people, I think they like, I think they like, my, I think they like doing it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume they do. I think so, but um, I'm going to be unconcerned at the moment. I'm just going to like write it and just like, you know, some actor will like it and they don't all have to like it. And going know? back to SVU, so mm-hmm. you've been on four times now? Just three. Oh, three. Just three times. And when you were on the first time, did you know you'd be coming back or is that something No, they sort of called my agents and they were like, like I think they were trying to, like I did something really tiny mm-hmm. and then I think my agent or my manager had submitted me for something larger because mm-hmm. they figured oh like Th- that thing that is... doesn't matter yeah and then they're like oh actually we're bringing her back so she can't audition for that and i was like okay great didn't whatever and then i uh had booked this show called the deuce it's gonna be on hbo oh cool uh the david si- this david simon project oh yes, yeah yes, so yes. i'm recurring on that and so i was shooting that and then uh while i was there waiting to sh- to to hold me for a shoot for 
the deuce, they were like, oh, we have to clear out a date because, and they, they had kept asking for me. So SVU yeah. had kept asking for me while I was shooting, but I couldn't do anything because I was shooting. So I think I actually might have had more episodes, but I was shooting uh, the deuce oh, uh, cool. all summer last yeah. year. So um, it wasn't until the deuce was over where they were like, is she, is she, is she, did she come back? Come on. And then so, I did, and so I'm like, and I didn't do much, but it was cool. It was like an opening scene with Mariska Hargate, which was cool. Cause yeah, like, every, sure. you know, the first time it was like, with Anthony Carl, Andy Carl, mm-hmm. like 10 seconds or something like like less than. Mm-hmm. And then this next time it was like on the street with whoever the perp was or whatever, or the victim was. And then yeah. this one was like, oh, the opening, like Vic stats, that type of stuff. You know, <laughs> the things that make the people really happy. The one really cool thing was that I live on 134th in Harlem still. And it's still like, it's not the hood at all, but like my street is still like... The Dominican dudes who are like yeah. who like are from that place, sure, which of is course. cool. And what was really cool is that I was walking out of the um, uh, apartment, and they were like, "Yo," I was like, "Yo, what's up?" And they were like, "Yo, you was on SVU last night." I was like, "I was." Like, yeah, I told you. And they're also like, you know, so they had like a big bet. Yo, can we get a picture of my? I was like, yes. But I actually forget how many people like really are like yeah, that's very cool diehard SVU. So yeah, I thought it was it's, really fun. It's got a really devoted fan base. Yeah, uh, as you know, my wife also had recurred on it, yeah. and like. It's interesting to be within that experience, but not be that experience. Yeah. And like, I've, I remember we were once walking through Manhattan, and somebody yeah. stopped on the street. You were on SVU, right? And they have this whole conversation. It's just, it's really cool. Like, it's people really cool. are really people into are really that into show. It. And my sister's really into it. I have an older sister who's into it. And yeah, I, I just, I forget. Like, I don't get to sit and watch TV a lot, mm-hmm. so I don't have like my. You know, like I said, no, I do. I do have a couple that I'm like sort of crazy and fanned out about, but I don't have like the super long running shows. Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. That I'm like, I forget. When like, you were going to be on it, did you tell your family? No, I don't really talk about my stuff to my family. So were like they that. like all like freaking out when they saw you? Well, I told them. I I, I now tell my family when I'm on stuff. I've yeah. done like quite a few things, right. not large things. I right. just I don't consider it a big deal. Um, but I forget that it's <laughs> it's, them, a, it's big a big deal, deal for them. them. Yeah. And like you know, their jo- their daughter has like a job, and like they I don't ask for money anymore. And so they're just kind of like so they're like they'll take a line. Yeah, and appear, they don't care. And yeah, I, yeah. I sort of forget how much that means to them because I grew up with. Uh, with not like with them not seeing my show so right. much, so I, I just never really I was never really the dependent like you didn't come to my show or you know <laughs> I was just never really it wasn't a big I don't do it for that right so um so I I always forget to, to go yeah. oh I'm gonna be no, on I'm TV this thing, at this yeah. time so I'm better about that um and actually my sister's like my sort of like free publicist manager so I think she also <laughs> was like because it's gonna be on you know on TV catch out yeah. watch out for me. You know, she Instagram, you know, she literally is like... That's great. She, yeah, That's it's really, really wonderful. Sweet. It's like, and she keeps me lazy yeah. about all that stuff, so... <laughs> it's yeah. funny, like, my experience with that, with Sarah, was um, when she recurred, uh, it was after the first or second time, I think she didn't say anything because it was supposed to be, like, a big surprise okay. for the audience. Okay, And, like, my cousin, who's a diehard fan, yeah. lost it on yeah. social media and just sent a message, like, I can't believe you were there! Yeah. That's all this stuff. And it's been it's been very funny to have, like, friends go... Was your wife on? I thought I saw her. Which is just, it's its really funny. Yeah, you know, to see fun. from the outside. Yeah. Um, going back to Good Grief a bit. So you're you're in the process of still casting the lead. You've We're casted still casting, the show. Still cast, we've casted the show. I think all the actors have taken their, have, have accepted. So we just have one more kept part that we're sort of, we're, we're Is casting. it weird to see these people saying your words and like bringing this story to life that you pretty much experienced? Uh, it is weird. Yeah. Um, it's weird because it was also like a traumatizing part time but that not traumatizing yeah traumatizing part of my life so it's it's weird to sort of be the authority like it it's weird and easy you yeah. know because i'm like you want the backstory you just asked me but also yeah. like that's personal but also like i wrote it so like, right you, it, and you, you're sharing it with the world. start personal you know yeah. so uh uh it's like half weird because you know i've been like you know i've only worked on it with friends mm-hmm. or people who feel like friends so right. like even in school we worked out with these, these are my these are like my very good friends that i don't mind being very open with right and then you know we had done a workshop at intar and that again that was with very people like the, like the they were like the director from the director to like intar it was with people who were like family so it mm-hmm. felt very easy and like it made sense to sort of get this deep with people and so this one is like a little bit more removed the director i don't know i'm mm-hmm. familiar with her work we're becoming friends through the process sure um uh, but she's always been. She feels very familiar, at least. You know, half the cast I don't know. Right. You know, and they're and and they're going to be in in this very personal way with me. You know, um, I only know some of the cast members very well, and some mm-hmm. of them I don't. So that's the sort of that's the part that's kind of weird, where it's like it's not so much the. 
oh, you're you're an actor, and I'm a, yeah. I'm an actor, and that's the job of the play. And I'm, sure. I've been in enough workshops that I'm like, it's un, I'm on, it's cool. It's yeah. more like, oh, like all this money's been spent on some words I wrote. All right, cool. You sure? <laughs> it's too late now, you know. Um, but more the thing that's like weird is like the like the fact that like I, the play is this particular play, unlike the others, are, is very personal. So it's yeah. very much like here's a lot of my information. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like here's you know, but that's also the the I think the the charm or the whatever of it is that it's you know it's it's brave to be honest and sure. and that's the work that I want to do like the stuff that's like that makes me a little squeamish and uncomfortable I'm like sure. oh I'm I'm writing in a realm of complete uncom you know uncomfortability here um, but I've also sort of always been an overshare anyway so <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I think I think there's nothing wrong with that in the arts yeah I think there's yeah a strength in that I feel like. The, the work that I connect to the most in music, in TV, in movies, in theater is the, the works that are honest yeah. or that feel personal or come from a particular personal place. Even if it's not your personal story, you have a personal it take on truthful, it. It truthful, yeah. you know? And that's the stuff that um, has always attracted me to actors, mm -hmm. to, to, to writing that I read, where I'm like, oh, I know, I know this. Yeah. I'm like, how did you know? Yeah. So that's sort of how I try and write. And, if I, and I think if the actors have a response like that, then I feel like I'm on the right track. Um, and and so far, people have had a really strong response to this play whenever they've seen it reading or just read it. So I feel like I feel good about that. It's just you know, it's a very interesting thing to put. Um, even though the play is fictional, but it's it's from it's me. Based it's based. It's based on something, something very true. true. Yeah. And um, and it feels like me, even though uh, some like I'm like no guy, and they're like did that? I'm like that did not happen. That yeah. is not. No, no. My sister, I added some who, stuff. My sister who knows me, who yeah. knows the events, I'm like, did you sleep with that person? I was like, no. Listen to that person. No, <laughs> it's a play. Um, you know me. You were yeah. there. I just, I don't know. I don't know. We're not, we're not together all the time, you sure. know. Um, so, so yeah. So that's the. I think that's the part that's like weird. It's not the weird hearing people hear your words. That's cool. Yeah. But it also is like makes me really picky because like that's not how it's supposed to be. Like you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I just that's not. Oh, if you want to give them the freedom to do what they do, feel, but you but also like, are like, that's not what I want. Yeah. Um, but also, I think it's cast. I mean, right now it also feels like it's cast really well that I don't. Okay. You know, I think the trick is like to cast it and produce it with the right director, yeah. with the right actor, so that you cannot be a crazy Orson Welles monster. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, so that sure. you're not like interrupting people during rehearsal and going, actually, you have to say it like this and giving line reading. Right, like, sure. I don't, I, 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 one, I won't be doing that because I'm not a crazy person. But um, I won't feel like I need to, we'll need to do that because I think we, we cast the right people yeah. um, who really already have a sensibility of what this process is and also what what these who these people are. You know? Right. Because um, I think there's a, the people who are, uh, you know, they're sort of embodying, they're embodying these very true people. Sure, you know? yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm excited. Cool, very yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm curious if, you know, I like, so my other podcast besides this one is an album review show I do weekly where sure. we review music every week. And I'm always curious how music influences the arts outside of music. Sure. So I was wondering if any particular music or artist informs kind of your acting, your writing, or influences, or you use it to get psyched, or... Um, lately, uh, Chance the Rapper is like... <sighs> I love him. You know what I mean? He's, Late, he's great. Lately, he... Uh, I mean, I just... I'm like hungry for all of his old stuff, too. Mm -hmm. I've been putting Coloring Book on just repeat. Yeah, I tried to listen one. to Childish Gambino, and I liked his stuff, too, but it just made me want to go back to Chance the Rapper. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was like, totally. oh, that's good, that's good. Let's go back to Chance the yeah, Rapper. Yeah. And then also, I've been listening a lot to Kanye West's first two albums. The earlier First three stuff. albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, Late Registration, Graduation Day, and uh, Kyle's Dropout. Mm -hmm. I've been like, so, yeah, there's just that sort of... Uh, um, careless, happy, black boy spirit <laughs> has been sort of like in my like head as of late. So yeah, as sure. of late, like it's been like happy, cocky, black boy hip hop. Which yeah. I feel like there, there isn't as much of now. Like besides Coloring Book, I, I struggle to think of an album recently that hit me the way Coloring Book did. Yeah, I mean, I... Uh, I mean, for me, it's mostly w women. So, like, yeah. I've also had, like, Jill Scott on repeat. Jill Scott's great, um, yeah. But, yeah, for me, I mean, I mean, also just the time that we're living in. That's it's true. It's the thing where I'm like, I, there's just very few things that I can, like, listen to. Mm -hmm. And in general, like, as, as, as we were talking about the truth, right? I was like, yeah. I, I like 
music that sounds like the truth. Mm -hmm. And like, um, yeah, so, or like similar to My Truth, whatever that is. But I've, uh, yeah, I just feel like he sort of has covered all bases. His music is like a little gospel. It's completely hip hop. Yeah. It's got like such a careless, it's got a character in it Mm -hmm. that feels like, Theatrical, and also I think it's also for me. It's like it's inspiring a new play that I'm trying to work on. Oh, cool! Um, like I'm trying to work on this like sort of comic book, uh, like uh, play about the Greek gods. From oh, the that lens sounds of, awesome! From the lens of like blackness about the goddess Nike, and so oh, like, cool. but so for me, I've just like all these. I've been inundated with like his music and like watching Kanye performances mm-hmm. and like, um, and watching a lot of like black dance. Um, so yeah, I feel like I'm trying to just get back to like poetry, mm-hmm. um, more than I think music. I'm trying to get back to like, like I'm listening to a lot of Gil Scott Heron, mm-hmm. um, right now. But yeah, I feel, I, li- I, I feel like the last six months I've, oh, and, 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 uh, Frank Ocean, Frank Ocean's Blonde oh, sure, album. Sure, of course. And then I was like, but then that album made me want to go back to Orange. The, oh, the, sure. The, you know, so, um, yeah, I just feel like. And I'm I'm a sycophant, so when I like a like when I like an album, I just listen to the album. I do for the same months. thing. I do the same so, thing. So and I was off coloring book, and I was like I was like off coloring book, and then like I went to Hamilton. And then I Hamilton have. was like, and then Hamilton was given, and then I was like, and then I don't know what happened. I know uh, something happened. I couldn't listen to Hamilton anymore, and I was like, mm, back to coloring book. Yeah, that's more. The truth. When we first <laughs> saw Hamilton, yeah. like we were singing, and the songs weren't out that yeah, because we had seen it at the public. Same here. So as soon as the album came out, like we got it the day it came out, delivered to our door we yeah. didn't even need to we could have bought it on iTunes but we wanted that physical copy yeah and like for months and months and months and months it's all I listen to it's from start to finish to. start finish and then now that the mixtape is out I've been listening to that really? on Endless Loop can't do the mixtape really can't do the mixtape see and it's funny because it's been very polarizing for a lot yeah. of people I've heard and I think that as a music nerd I like having uh, Usher sing um, Wait For It. Sure. Like that sounds like an Usher song. Yeah. So to me, like that made sense. Yeah. But when Usher does it, it also kind of loses some of the luster because it's kind of pop, popified. Right. And, and like, like Leslie, because you know what it is? It's for me, it's like I kind of, I'm trying to still figure out what that mixtape is. Like I yeah. try to listen to it. And there are some things on it that are just like amazing. Mm-hmm. Like Jill Scott's riffing on. On uh, no to this, yes. Like that's basically not even no to this. It's yeah. just Jill Scott. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like some of that stuff, or like Sia on Satisfied. Mm-hmm. You know, that is really like, oh, that's different, mm-hmm. and like it makes complete sense, but it's also different. So I'm not, yeah. I don't, I'm not comparing. Yeah. Like they're they those two things can sit completely. I can like one and yeah. like the other, but for me, most of it is that I like the other album. So it's yeah. like Wait for it with Usher is great, but like. It does not compare to Leslie Odom. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, I'm sure. like, because you we're doing the exact same song. We're not re- we didn't. Yeah. Re- also, I thought it was going to be a remix album. Right. And some of it is, and yeah. some of it's not. Yeah, the songs so. that have like a series of rappers taking the beat or changing the beat a little, but taking the theme of it. Yeah. And making it their own, own. I think, are the strengths. Or like Chance the Rapper doing Theodosia. Yeah, where I'm like, like, yeah, where I'm like, oh, that's kind of dope. Because but he's changing it up a he's bit. He's doing yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm for me, I'm just kind of like, oh, I wonder. I'm still figuring. I, I was still trying to figure out what it was. Yeah. And at least with Hamilton, I'm like I know that like I'm, I'm at least following this. Crazy story yeah. that's like beautiful, and so it's like so. And then as a writer, it's incredibly inspiring. Yeah, um, to just like listen to it and be like, this is a dissertation on why you should write. Yes, especially as a person of color, this is a dissertation mm-hmm. on why you should write because if you do not, other people will write it for you. Yeah. Um. So it's so it's so like it's like a big old like playwright reminder. Mm-hmm. While this one is just like some good music, and I'm just I think I'm just uh, um. Uh, no, I'm just gonna say I just don't care. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're people going to it for more Hamilton may not get what people are going for a different experience based right. on Hamilton. And especially if I'm going to it now for hip hop or for music, yeah, I'm gonna listen to hip hop. Right, that's the thing. So I'm like, if yeah. I'm going, if you want me to go to this and like listen to like Busta, I'm gonna just go to the Busta Rhymes album. Yeah, same, or I'm gonna just same. go to like. I'm gonna just go to like a Black Thought album. Like yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, just, I'm gonna sure. just go to the Roots album because yeah. like I'll get more out of that. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm like I'm gonna just go to Jill Scott's album. Like yeah. I'm gonna just like I'm gonna pull that track. I'm gonna download <laughs> that one track and I'm gonna just go to Jill Scott because that's gonna give me more of that. Yeah. Um, because I was like, that's a lot of songs, and I only like six. So I'm good. Um, it was funny, though. No offense to Lin-Manuel. Love no, of course. Um, I mean, it, they're also very different. You yeah, know, there's very which, different beats. Right. And like, you know, because I, I mean, I'm a big, like, and back in the day, I was like a big, like, musical theater, Broadway, like, um, 
nerd. Mm -hmm. And so like when you, uh, I remember when they had done it for Aida. Oh, yes. And it was just, and or like when they would do it for the Disney shows, right? Yeah. Where like, I forgot, like when they would do a Disney show and then it'd be all these cute voices and yeah. then like uh, on the album it'd be like People Bryson and like Sissy yeah. Winans. Yeah. And they were so good. <laughs> they were just completely different animals. Yeah. And so I guess, yeah, it's a thing of like managing your expectations. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I'm like, I just don't think that anything really beats Hamilton unless you create a completely different story with these. Like what, my thing is like, what story are you telling with these different artists mm -hmm. doing music from your show. Yeah. And I think right now it just feels like a big fun hodgepodge, which is yeah. cool. But it's also what I'm not, I'm used to. I feel like he's so th methodical and so, and so, you know, as was like, let's just do some stuff. So I'm interested in, because I bet you that that next, because he's doing another mixtape. Mm -hmm. And I bet you that other mixtape is going to be fire. Yeah. He, I do. Did you think he's going to fine tune what he was working on? I think so. Yeah. I think this one's more like, oh, great. You want to do an album with me? Dope. You yeah, know what I mean? Sure. And like, I feel like he has time yeah. to like, in the world, to do whatever the F he wants for sure. his life. And so I feel like, I'm I'm super interested in what this next mixtape album is going to be. I think there I was think also this be. rush to get that out during the time period when it came out too. I think sure. it was very important for I that. I don't know how to produce things. Yeah. I don't know what goes into those <laughs> sure. things. So I don't know what is the pressure or yeah. or, or, or the, maybe the goals is like, no, I just want to do this. Yeah, you know, sure. and like, fuck everybody else. Yeah, like, the expectations, totally. which is also totally valid. Yeah. Um, but when you decide to do it again, then I go, ooh, well, what are you trying to do now? Right. Because that makes me even more interested in, like, that one. Yeah. So, and I, and I bet you there's going to be something about that one that might be even, I, I'm guessing it's going to be doper than this other mixtape. All right. Well, we'll That's have to see. That's my hypothesis. I, I, I believe it. I buy it. <laughs> um, I was thankful, though, that Busta was on that, oh, yeah. that, that mixtape. When I saw the because... show, he was in the audience. Oh, that's awesome. And from what I heard, it was like his seventh time in the audience. <sighs> of course it was. <laughs> like, I grew up listening to him. Of all the rap I listened to, he was my favorite because he was like a human cartoon character. Like, his music videos are still some of the most memorable music videos for me growing up. Yeah. Because, like... They like he was just it was fisheye lenses and him in weird costumes. And, and he's like huge. He's a huge man. Yeah. And like, still to this day, one of the best lyricists I've ever seen live. Yeah. Like growing up in high school and going to powerhouse where they would have like like I grew up getting to see like on on one night I saw Puffy, Biggie, Mace. You know. Wow. Um, yeah, because they did this thing called Powerhouse. Sure. So it was a compilation of artists. Then the next year it was DMX, Jay Z. <sighs> Busta Rhymes, um, who was the Green Eye Bandit? Green Eye Bandit, Eric, Eric, Eric. Oh God, I'm gonna lose my street cred. It's fine from the suburbs. <laughs> it's like Red Man and Eric, Eric, EPMD. Oh, Eric. oh, I know who you're talking about. It's fine. But it's it's out fine. Of my head too. I'm from the suburbs. I'm fine. <laughs> the fact that I knew EPMD, I'm gonna keep my cred. I'm gonna keep it. Um, but yeah, and that night, and it was, and and Busta Rhymes, and this is Jay, this is like, yeah, this is Jigga Jay What, Jigga yeah, Who, Jay Z. Yeah. So this isn't like Blueprint Jay Z. Yeah, but like everyone knows, you know, he's gonna be the shit, and he was still the headliner. But that night, the best performer was Busta Bust. Rhymes. Yeah, the best performer. And I was thankful for the mixtape reminding me because I I have his albums and I've always sure. listened to his stuff. But you know, through moving and what my audio library is on my computer versus the physical CDs because I still collect physical CDs. Yeah, much to my wife's dismay. <laughs> um, I just he had popped out of my head, and so it made me go back to all of his stuff. Yeah. And I've been listening to it on repeat lately, and it's it's unbelievable how good of a lyricist he was. And I'm so much more of a hip-hop nerd than I was as a kid. I just sure. liked it then. And sure. so, like, re-listening to it and noticing all the details yeah. and how he speaks and from song to song, yeah. the changes. And the acting nerd in me, the theater nerd, the theater practitioner in me is like, how can you say words that fast? And, and as, <laughs> as someone who's always been gotten on top of as far as school and and, and voice and speech and the uh -huh. fact that I speak too fast and don't enunciate enough, mm -hmm. I was like, this man is the king of, like, like fast and like I can hear every single word he says. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? And like mm -hmm. enunciation and like I'm like that is just like like he has that gift mm -hmm. is like something that very few people are are blessed with and I, and and he still has it. Yeah. He still got he, it. He, even the few songs he's put out over the last few years, it's the same. Still he hasn't missed a beat. He yeah, still it's has great. it. So it's, it, yeah, just having him on the album was actually like, oh, that's that's pretty yeah. sick. And it's it's cool to have artists come back into my purview that I might not be thinking about. Like even A Tribe Called Quest putting out the oh, new album this sure. year. Oh, sure. Which I'm, oh, I haven't listened to yet. It's, but I'm also, it's also because I've just listened to the <laughs> book. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. Because now, because I have Apple Music, so I'm yeah. like, literally just going to go. 
There you go. Um, I highly recommend it. Yeah. I think it's phenomenal. The hardest part about listening to that record is, again, it's it's from a truthful place, and it's about the true nature of where we are in the world right mm. now. And it's like, wow, we we need this record. It came yeah. out at the right time. It's unfortunate that it'll be, of course, their last record. Yeah. But it's so powerful. Yeah. I mean, they have a song on it called The Donald. And yeah. it's absolutely everything about, like, just the state of everything. Yeah. And it's just such a brilliant track. And I forgot how great their sampling was. Like, they mm. sample Elton John on a song called Solid Wall of Sound. Yeah. And it's just unbelievable sampling and beat work that yeah. I can't think of when I the last time I heard something like that. Yeah. So I highly recommend it. Okay. Yeah, definitely check that out. Because I like it's that one and like the next two are like Solange's album on mm, repeat. Because usually yeah. I would listen to it when I have time to walk around the city. Sure, yeah. And it's so effing cold. But today's <laughs> a good warm day. So maybe I'll try a new album. In the in the middle of January. Yeah. I, and I mean, whatever. <laughs> uh, but I'll be in LA so much. I feel like I'm also like trying to figure out like what's going to be like good grief music. Because I also sure. try and I try and get into a zone with of music course, sure. we're talking about that and I'm just trying to figure out like what's good good grief rehearsal music and mm -hmm. so right now like I'm trying to like listen to stuff that like can put me in a good sad but healthy zone yeah uh, which yeah. is not a lot a lot of it's, it's, it's sad it's, it's hard to manage that yeah, yeah I'm a person who gets very emotional like every version of Burn I've heard because people have covered Burn from, from Hamilton both on the mixtape sure, and sure, some sure. other places and every time I hear it I lose it I yeah. can't keep it together that's it's yours just such, that's, that one that one's mine yeah yeah just like I was a rent nerd, and so um, one one song, Glory, was yeah. that song that I would sure, just listen to, sure. and just like for me, it's the end. It's the end of the show. Oh, the end yeah. of the show. Um, uh, who? Of the, it's the end of Who Lives, Who Dies, Tell Your Story. story. Yeah, where they like it's her, from, all the stuff they've the done. It's from the shot. It's from the ten. Mm -hmm. Commandments to the end every time, <laughs> every time. I'm like, oh, this is so good. Yeah. Um, every time. Yeah. Uh, it's one yeah. that yeah. was one of those shows that when we saw it, like, so Sarah has known that I've been into hip hop for a long time, mm. and like, I hadn't heard about Hamilton. Mm. However, it just flew past me. I never saw it in the Heights. Yeah. Now I've heard and seen everything. Sure, sure, but sure. At the time, I hadn't, and. Her, a friend of ours uh, does lighting at the public and he went, you have to get tickets to this show yeah. because otherwise you never will. Yeah. And so we did and we went and like I just remember being completely speechless afterwards. Because yeah. I'm a history nerd, I'm a hip hop nerd, mm. I'm a music nerd and it was just like, I got to tell in the brief five seconds I spoke to Lin-Manuel afterwards, I got to tell him, thank you for making a musical for me. Yeah. I don't know if it was for anybody else. Yeah. I'm assuming it was, yeah. but this was for me. Yeah. And it was unbelievable because I don't think I've ever seen a musical like that. And I love musicals. Sure. It was the first one in a long time also that I walked away from going, I have to listen to this music all sure. the time as soon sure. as I can. Yeah. Whereas I love Sweeney Todd. I have no desire to listen to that soundtrack. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I love Rent. I don't listen to it anymore. It's yeah. just one of those things that I've heard so much that I yeah. moved on Rent from. Yeah, I used to listen to a lot. Yeah. In the Heights, I used to listen to a lot. It's definitely been a long time. Because um, Color Purple was sort of amazing, but it's, it, it wasn't one that made me go. I had to sit and listen to it. Yeah. But no, actually, that's a lot. When the first, the first go round, I did. I actually mm -hmm. listened to that a lot. And then this one was just so spiritually moving that yeah. I was kind of like, I don't, I think I'm never, I'm just going to get that Like live. that one. Like, and, I'm yeah. just going to, Cynthia, and, I'm just going to, I'm just going <laughs> to hold that day yeah. in infamy and just, that's just going to be. But yeah, it's been a while since I'm like, Album, cast, musical. Yeah. I think in the high, I mean, uh, in the Heights was probably the last one that I sort of went crazy for where I was listening to that a lot and then Hamilton. Yeah. And I don't know, um, I don't know another one that I'm going to be listening to like a full album, maybe a yeah. song or two. Yeah. But I don't, there's very few. Like, I've I'm seen like, other yeah. musicals since. And, yeah. like, I saw something rotten, which I liked. I yeah. thought it was fun. Yeah. But I, the music to me was great for the play, but I have no desire to listen to it sure. outside. Sure. Some things, like, you're just, you want, some things you want in your body. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I don't know. You know, that and, like, music uh, today, I think, is so good. Yeah. Uh, just, like, uh, you know, a song, yeah, it's so good. Well, yeah, because uh, of the know? internet and, like, the accessibility we have now to the tools, like, Anyone can make music, and right. so people are making music that you never thought possible. And you have at home. access to it. Yeah, like I can just get a song, or I can just like I'm like now I'm like oh I'll stream stuff. Before I was like I don't want to pay nine ninety nine a month to. But oh like, now I absolutely. But do. now yeah, I absolutely totally. do. I'm like yeah I want that album, and I don't I don't want to keep no, and I can download off my phone. No, I'm gonna do that. Yeah. So like and now you literally make if I'm thinking of a song I can have it. Yeah. And so um, I think also that makes I feel like that makes musical theater's job much harder. Sure. Yeah. Uh, because it's like you got to make a song that like I want to you know right like I give a f about right. Um, 
And I think in general, just theater's theater's job is so hard right now. I would agree. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think a lot of media is is finding this weird shift. You know, even movies and TV, it's like yeah. you've got to keep butts in the seats, so to speak. You and know, it's so hard when everyone has access to everything. Right. In the age of Netflix and Hulu. Yeah. It's like what brings people out, and especially with musicals. I mean, I think uh, plays. It's I feel like it's impossible. But musicals, I feel like musicals are successful because you want to see them more than once. Too, right. I think people try and see musicals more than once. Like yeah. I've seen, I'd seen in the Heights like three times. Yeah, you know, if I could see Hamilton more than once, I'd Same. see. If I could get it, I'd see it more than <laughs> once. You know. Um, you know, I'd seen Ren a couple times. You want yeah. to see it with a different cast and have that. You want to see that. So um, plays, people don't necessarily do that so much. Movies yeah. also, that, that happens with movies. Yeah. And you you have $14 to see a movie as opposed to $100 to see a play. More than sure. Months. Of course, you yeah. Um, well, I also find with, like, especially straight plays that are dramas, mm-hmm. like, I get the experience out of them and I feel what I feel and then I take it with me. Yeah. But I don't necessarily need to see it again. Yeah. Whereas musicals, if the music's catchy, you want to go back. You want to come back and have that because it does something to your body. And I, and I, yeah, and I wonder, yeah, I always question, like, can that do it to your body again for a play? Yeah. I think it can, but I think just, I don't know, I think the cultures of plays are different. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I, I would I'm, agree. I'm, I'm, I, I'm just like thinking because I'm just like, that's so, I'm like, I'm like, I'm making a play and sometimes I'm like, what's the point of <laughs> making a play? <laughs> the point of it is telling an incredible story, I, I suppose, think. You know, I, I'm just having that, I'm having that, uh, you know, uh, unnecessary um, existential crisis about do plays matter constantly. Uh, of course. Constantly, so. Sure. You know, yeah. I mean, wait, you're saying you're an artist who judges their work personally? <laughs> I've never heard that before. That never happens. <laughs> you know, what's it all mean? Like, you know. Um, but I want to shift gears a little bit to talk about your production work, too, because mm. you're working with some really cool projects. Yeah. And I thought you might want to talk a little bit about that as well, because I imagine it's easy and hard to switch hats between playwright to actor to producer and yeah. what that's like. I talk to my producers, it's really hard because <laughs> they're usually unhappy with me. Um, so, yeah, I work for a company called, uh, with a company called Now Africa. Mm-hmm. I'm the associate uh, uh, artist director. Uh, the artist director is Mfani Sodofia. Uh, we're all, but we're all many hatters, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Mfani Sodofia is the artist director. She's a playwright. She's having uh, her uh, New York Theater Workshop debut. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And um, I want to say her play goes up in April. Don't quote me on that. Look <laughs> on the website, New York Theater Workshop. And she, they're doing two of her plays in rep. Oh, that's awesome. Which I don't think New York Theater Workshop has ever done. Uh, which just so goes cool. to show how badass and funny so is. <laughs> um, but she's our artistic director mm-hmm. and associate. Um, and, so, and she's a playwright, actress, and producer. I am a playwright, actress, producer, uh, impresario. I don't know what impresario, impresario actually means, but I feel like that's what I am. That's, you are. Uh, that's good, that's good. You're my sister up. is um, our marketing, at, um, sort of a social media mm-hmm. casting director, and she's a manager uh, and a producer. Oh, wow. And sort of my free publicist. <laughs> um, and then Erin Cherry is our executive director, and she handles the money, and she is also an actress and a producer. Oh, wow. So we're all sort of women who are passionate about what we do, but also we saw, Mvaniso saw a lack. She's a, she, her, she mostly writes uh, from an African perspective. She's mm-hmm. a Christian Nigerian. And she writes about Africans in America. Mm-hmm. And so she, I think she was sort of worried about being labeled a sort of African playwright. And, mm-hmm. and she, she started to investigate what it means to be an African playwright. And then we sort of realized, oh, our 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 context for African playwrights are Othoff Ugard and Wole Sayinka. And then we sort of were thinking about people like Deborah Simway and like other people. And so we realize, oh, our as Africans, our vocabulary is rather small mm-hmm. for African playwrights. And what does that mean to be an African playwright? And what are you know, so you know, our first season was introducing people to African playwrights and what does that That's mean? Awesome. And then this year that we just got done, the festival's theme was uh, Africa and her children and we talked about the divide and the gap between black Caribbean and African mm-hmm. um, and and plays within that and next year's theme who knows what that is because um, we're tired uh, <laughs> and we're working some stuff out right now right um, but yeah so we, we and we're in partnership with um, NYU's um, Department of Arts and Public Policy oh, cool. um, this woman Kathy Angle um, and Gwendolyn Hardwick have been mentors to us and so we do everything in conjunction with 
NYU also. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sort of house us and mentor us as far as like putting this thing together. And it's usually like a three-day festival. And uh, it's been pretty badass so far, two years. It sounds counting. really great. Uh, it's pretty awesome. And stuff that like, there are names that I don't recognize at all that I'm like, I want to know more about that now. Yeah. And that's really cool. Uh, it's pretty cool. And so, uh, but the balance is hard, you know? Yeah, like, sure. you know, we were trying to plan last year. We didn't have a lot of money in the company. We're trying to plan last year. And funny, so was in San Francisco, produ- premiering a world premiere of a play. Mm. Oh, wow. Or, you know, or like, you know, my sister, like, has clients that she has to worry about. Yeah, Or, sure. like, you know, I'm off workshopping or auditioning my play. You know, Aaron's auditioning for, like, testing for a TV show. You know what I mean? So it's also, like, that thing where it's, like, you know, the hats are, it's, but we do what we're interested in because there's a lack thereof. And sure. eventually it will sort of, it'll pay off. And I don't mean monetarily. I just mean, like, we'll actually have money to actually, like, be able to, like, do it on the level that we want to do it. But sure. we just kind of do what we're interested in. And, and it's not all you know, perfect, because we just don't have time. Right. Um, but we have to start it now, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and we just want to, we always want to get out in front of the conversation of Africa and African theater and what that mm-hmm. means. And it's a big passion of all of ours as as Africans. We're, um, it's a big passion of, of, of all of us. Uh, so, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard to be, you know, we're now like, what do we do next year? And literally she has, me and Funny So, you know, the, the artistic heads both have premieres of their mm-hmm. plays coming out at the same time wow. when we should be doing season planning. You know what sure, <laughs> I yeah. mean? Like, you guys are a little busy. We're a little busy. You know, my sister has clients who are serious regulars now. Yeah. Like, you know, so it's also a thing of like, as we become more successful in our like primary vocations, you would think it'd be easier, but it's actually still just as hard because you're people balancing. Are, yeah, and people are tugging at you for what's the next project. Yeah. Like, you know, Good Grief is, we haven't even started rehearsal yet. It's like talking to my agents about like, great, got to get those TV meetings now. Or gotta, and it's like, yeah. And yeah, and you know. you, I mean, you were talking about you're already trying to figure out what you want to work on for your next play and yeah. all this stuff and so when the other one isn't even it's started yet. It's not even started yet. We haven't yeah. even cast a damn lead, and it's yeah. still like, what's next? Yeah, totally. Because um, that's sort of how you got to be. Yeah. Um, you know, while the momentum's good, you got to sort of cash in on that. Of course. Um, and also, like, because I'm also, I'm, I'm like, oh, I, I'm not a one trick pony. I actually have another I can play. do stuff. I want to I wanna get this up and going while people give a fuck. Yeah, sure. Um, because it's, it's, I mean, you know this. It's really hard to get people to give a shit. Oh, yeah. You might no. have something brilliant in your freaking closet or whatever, but, like, getting people to, like, read the play yeah. is, like... <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I have to read this? But it'll be on stage sometime. And I'm speaking <laughs> as an adjudicator who is yeah. now, like... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, my, I'm in charge of reading plays mm-hmm. for a couple p- companies. And, like, it is pulling teeth trying to get me to do my homework. <laughs> but, like... I just think of like, God, I need to extend this generosity of like, okay, get my coffee, sit in my office, yeah. let's read the shit out of this play, you know, because like, and like be excited for this thing to be good because yeah. that's what I need as a writer. I of need course. someone who's going to sit in the office and be excited to read it and be in the right spirit to read it as opposed to like, oh God, another play. Yeah, right. And it's like, that's not what I want. That's not what I want when I'm putting, when my play's on the desk. You yeah, know what of I'm course. saying? Yeah, for so sure. So I'm like trying to be that, you know, but it's, it's, I mean, half the work is getting people to just turn the page. Yeah, sure. Because there's so many distractions, I think, too, now. So. Well, yeah, between phones and social media and video games everywhere, and like, I love all of that stuff, but like, because you can listen to music, podcasts, news, everything on your phone, it's like, it's a fun experiment I like playing on the train now. When I commute to and from work, it's like yeah. you look around the train and see how many people are looking up or looking out. Yeah. It's mostly looking down. Yeah. And I'm just as guilty of yeah. it. Like, and I'm like, I think it was one day my phone had died on the way home from work. So I had nothing like my iPod was at home. My phone was dead. So I literally just sat on the train looking and mm-hmm. listening. And it was re- like a revelation almost yeah. because I almost forgot like what a train ride sounded like. Because I'm so used to having something in my ears, yeah. you know, or distracting myself. And I feel like a lot of, well, of course, I'm making a podcast. Yeah. So I want people to listen. Mm. It's still getting people to want to listen and share and be invested is so hard now because there's yeah. so much out so there. So much out there. But like, I, but when you, like, I, I yesterday, okay, so I sat and I read four plays yesterday. Mm-hmm. Three plays. And... It was fucking worth it. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, the last play I read was out of... I actually 
took that play mm-hmm. and emailed three artistic heads. Yeah. And it was like, this play fucked me up, I think, in the best way. I'm adjudicating for this, but also read this fucking play. Yeah. Because, and that's why you also do it. Because, and literally, I was like, and it actually got me back in the reading spirit where, like, I'm like, do I have a play in my back? So I was like, I had this one play that someone asked me to read for them. And it's, like, really lovely and special, actually. And I'm like, oh, this is actually great when they're good, right? <laughs> but, like, but also, like, it's you have to train yourself to like just even get back to being that discipline because I'm like mm-hmm. I love reading plays I love reading books, but like getting yourself to like not look go on your Facebook page yeah. is something that you gotta like train yourself to like do. So I'm like gonna quit Facebook and like I'm really excited for mm-hmm. it. Like I tried two weeks ago, I deactivated and I was like, but you can sign back in. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, no. So I'm like, I, <laughs> I, I think I'm. So now literally this week I'm like scrolling, mm-hmm. saving pictures, and then and then deleting. Yeah. Because I'm like, then you gotta start over. I'm like, I'm not starting over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So because I just I just feel like much more engaged. Uh huh. Like I'll totally. go out more. I'll hang out with people. Oh, more. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like. Well, because you got to figure out how they're doing by, like, you know, talking to them, not looking on the Facebook. Yeah, I know. You know? Foreign concepts. I'm trying to get rid of my texting thing, too. I'm like, guys, I'm just, I'm, like, transitioning into phone calls. Yeah. I'm going 90s, 1990s with it. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Where a phone call feels impersonal, you know? Right, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, And I think that will also just inform my work. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, like being For a personal, sure. like a personal person, and yeah. going back to that. Not that I wasn't, but I just feel like I've just been so like work heavy and like mm-hmm. phone heavy and publicity heavy, and da da da. I'm just like, oh, I'm just, and, I, and I'm just not interested in those things. I'm interested in like plays, yeah, and like people, and like some really good rosé. <laughs> there you go. All right, <laughs> take note, folks. Just take note. Um, well, yeah, and I agree. I feel like, so I mentioned before, my other podcast is a weekly album review show. And there's some weeks where we're doing an album that I'm so stoked for and I can't wait to hear it. And yeah. then there's an album where it's like, I've heard bad things about this. I don't, yeah. know. I don't know. Like, I, I got to slog through it. You know, yeah. and some of those albums will surprise me as well. Yeah. But it's like, like when we did Don- Donald Glover, uh, aka Childish Gambino's newest record, yeah. like I heard so many great things about it. And I was like, all right, let's check it out. And I was so psyched. And then I listened to it. I was like, it's good, but yeah. it's different. Yeah. And like I had to engage in it intellectually. Sure. That once I did, it made for a great discussion and great listening. Sure. But leading up to it, I'm just like, yeah, I didn't like get me in my yeah. body. You know, some things just get you in your in your. Whatever. They make you feel everywhere. They do, yeah, they, yeah. They yeah. Do the thing. And there's a couple songs on that album that I'm like, ooh, yeah, that's sexy. You know, um, but yeah, some stuff get this that like, gets you, and sometimes stuff it, and then some stuff like you listen to it again and again. You're like, okay, now I, I can find it. Yeah, now I got it. You know what I mean? Or now I feel it. That's, that's how I was. I think with Solange's album, I wasn't so. I was excited to listen to because people were excited about mm-hmm. it. And I was excited for people to be excited about her family because I've listened to a couple of her things back in the day. I was like, oh, she's fucking great. Yeah, totally. She's so underrated. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I listened to it at the album and it's like so smooth. I was like, oh, okay. I wasn't like totally feeling it. And then I was like, let me just put this on again. I just saw the subway and I was like, and, I, and then I literally was like, like I was in my bathtub. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, this is like soft revolutionary music. Yeah. And I was just like in love. So, and that's one that like, I'm like, oh, okay. That's probably going to be like in the good grief mix. You know, oh yeah. Of for like sure. just black girl music. You know? There you go. Yeah. So do you feel like, so you're talking about uh, good grief, like rehearsal music and stuff. Do you yeah. find that like good music informs your rehearsing as an actress? or working on projects when you're a writer? Like, do you need music to kind of help you get in the right mood? I think, yeah. For me, it's focus. It's Mm -hmm. just, like, things that... It's, like, outside things that, like, just... Uh, that keep you in a space, you mm-hmm. know? And I think some people, with some people, it's silence. Mm-hmm. You know, with some people, it's reading. For me, music just keeps me in, like... You know, whenever when I wake up, the first thing I do is like go on my iPod and turn on music mm-hmm. and just have it on. There you go. You know, um, if I'd lived by myself, I'd have a you know Bosu and have it blasting in the house, <laughs> but I can just have it in my room or like you know I have it when I go brush. I just like you know. Uh, Alan McBeal did you watch that <laughs> yeah, show yeah of course yeah where it's like my life is a sound like I was just like yeah. that's legit like I just like the idea of like sound tracking your life mm-hmm. and like let it, letting it inform where you're at totally um, and I think process wise it's I think process wise it's super legit I think people really under people either overestimate or underestimate but I think curating mm-hmm. um, something for your character I think is great I had director when we had workshopped Good grief! Uh, he would have like 
when he was teching. He's mm-hmm. like, what do you think is good grief music? What do you think is ends your characters? I'm like, it's me. I don't know. It's me. I don't know. <laughs> He's like, I want to make up a list for you. And it was like music that I hadn't listened to because I'm not a music buff. And 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 he my and he introduced me to Jan- Janelle Monae. Oh, and I was like, I love yes. Her. Yeah, she you know, is, is me. unbelievable. I mean, she's much cooler than me. You know what I mean? <laughs> she's, she's cooler she's than everybody. I, she's the me I am in my dreams. But I was like, like you know, I was like, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. She's another one who can seemingly do everything. Seemingly, we just saw Hidden Figures. Yeah. Oh my God, that movie Seen is. Uh, yeah. She, we watched them back to back. So Sarah's a member of SAG, and okay, so cool. we got some of the screeners. Yeah. She's watching them, um, and yeah, Moonlight was a movie. I saw the trailer and I was like, "This looks really interesting," but yeah. it wasn't something that was driving me sure. to see it. Sure. And then she's like, "Well, we should watch it." And same, same with Hidden Figures, and yeah. then we watched them both like within two days of each other. And I was like, "There's no better movie out this year than those two movies." Like, I mean, un. Believable. Moonlight. Whenever I've been, I've been, I've been in a sort of shitty place mm-hmm. with you know the incoming apocalypse and our next president. Yeah. Uh, and uh, literally, I was like, I'm in a shitty place. I need something that makes me feel better. I'm gonna go see Moonlight again. So I've seen Moonlight like three times. And it's one of those <laughs> movies that is the trailers. I feel like don't even do it justice. It do, and, and the trailer for Moonlight is gorgeous, mm-hmm. but it makes me think it's gonna be a completely different movie. Yeah. And it's like. A movie about love. Yeah, and that through and line of love in that story, you completely miss in the trailers. Yeah. Which, is, which I think is which, kind of great also. Which is also kind of great, because yeah. it's like, it's also like, this, it's this beautiful surprise that mm-hmm. if you actually like get your butt to see it, it's it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I was hesitant to see it because of like, I just don't want to see like, gay bashing. Yeah. And, and it leaned, yeah. and it leaned, leaned toward, toward this, it leaned toward this like, it's going to be like tragic, mm-hmm. you know? And I was just like, I don't know, and it looks beautiful, like, I know it'll be good, but I don't know that I have it in me yeah. to watch my gay brothers and sisters, like, black brothers and sisters, like, hurt each other. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't know that yeah. I have that in me to, like, do that to myself. And it actually turned out to be a beautiful story about, like, getting, like, love and finding yeah. yourself. And I was like, oh, that can do all day. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. like, so it's, yeah, it was just really, go see Moonlight. Yeah. Uh, it was well, that, and that turn, so like, the movie makes a turn halfway oh, through where yeah. you're like, up until that point, I was... I was uncomfortable, which I was meant to be. Yeah. And then I was also like, I don't want to watch this this guy just get his ass kicked yeah. for an entire movie. <laughs> yeah. And then and then it makes that shift where that he changes and the movie changes. changes and then like, oh, it blows your mind. So good. It's so, and then I mean, it's so good. And my it. wife's a space nerd, which I am also a space nerd. I lean more towards sci-fi where sure. she loves NASA and like always wanted to go to okay. space camp. Okay. And so when we watched Hidden Figures, oh, like. Sure. She, I was. So, we were both so over the moon for so many different reasons, and just so. First of all, the performances were unbelievable. Yeah. But only knowing Janelle Monae as a as an, a musician, and then mm. seeing her act in both these movies, I was just like, like uh, blown away She's by her chops. Else. And it's just unbelievable that someone can make such great. Mu- I mean, it's not unbelievable. Yeah. It's quite believable that, and I'm sure her music informs her performance and yeah, vice versa. Sure. But her music, and I, th- I, and I have a, I, I don't love all of them, but I think the musicians, rappers, or whatever. Yeah. Whose music leans towards truthfulness mm-hmm. tend to be better actors. I agree. So anyone who, when you hear, like a conscious rapper, is probably more likely to be a better actor mm-hmm. than like a gangster rapper. Yeah, if that's not truly who they are. Do you know right. what I'm saying? Because that's that's all. That's all bro- also, it tends to be, you know, a, a people whose music is based in bravado. Mm-hmm. I don't think they tend to be right. a persona. Yeah. Because it's like, it's performance, but it's fake, right? Yeah. And I think film and TV acting lean towards like, you actually have to be that person or it's just a much, it's a much more truthful thing. Sure. So like, I think that that, and also she went to school for acting, Janelle yeah. Monet. She trained in acting. Oh, wow. Was, yeah, she went to like AMDA or something oh, like that. Oh, that's awesome. Or ADA, ADA or AMDA. Uh, so she went to school for acting and also happened to be a fucking kick-ass musician. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the musician stuff hit first. Yeah. Um... So, but I think that's that thing. But her music is also so bold and like, yeah. and like truthful. And she's also always been a truthful person in her interviews. So I think she just rides from a space of truth. So it makes sense that she's not whack. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, but yeah, it's true. It's not definitely not the case for everybody. And it, it, and not everybody sort of yeah. Not everyone's really good. Not yeah. everyone's really good as an actor. And she's she's real good. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's also one of those yeah. things is I because of the state of the world and especially. From like November on, I've been watching. I live in a comic book world. Like mm-hmm. I love the Marvel movies. I love uh, pretty much just the Marvel movies because the DC movies are terrible. Oh, you God, know, so... so bad. But but like I I live in this place where I want to go to those fantasies because I need to escape. But sure. then so then 
movies like Moonlight and Hidden Figures and Lion fall behind because it's like I can't there's so much real life yeah. drama I'm afraid to engage in it in, in the movies too yeah. because I want to be taken away Yeah. but when those movies are done really well you're too like, these are so important uh-huh. you know what I mean you're like this is so important this is reflecting life this yeah. is so you know the lion made me want to adopt children Yeah. that's what the lion <laughs> made me want to do I was like okay if I ever had the financial means I will go to Nigeria <laughs> and I will adopt a brown baby okay okay <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all right, I will adopt a baby, but then I will also take them back to their family and like, yeah. you know. But like, yeah, I will adopt a baby. Um, yeah, Lion fucking destroyed my heart. Yeah, I, I haven't like, seen it yet, but Sarah's been talking about it, and it's like for two days. I won't say anything. It's so, good. it's so good, so good. But it's like one of those things where like escapism is important, but as this year came to a close, it became so much more important to me to engage that there's in There's been reality. a little bit too much escapism. Oh, for and sure. That's what got us and I would openly admit that. And that's I what got us into much, yeah. yeah, and and that, and that's what got us into this fucking thing because I think people are just yeah. engaged. People have disengaged for. Uh, disengage from what is true mm-hmm. uh, for far too long. Yeah, absolutely. And that is how we got ourselves. We thought that we were in video game. Yeah. And we're not. And fucking, Although it's starting to look more King like the scary King fucking Koopa ones. is our fucking president of our United States. And so, uh, yeah. and it's like, this is real life. We just made King Koopa our, our president. I know, yeah. We just, it, is that right, King Koopa? King yeah, Koopa? yeah. King right? Koopa, Bowser also yeah, he goes yeah, by. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you got yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Bowser is our fucking president. Yeah. And uh, we, we did that. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and so it's like, I think it's more important now than ever to engage in stories that challenge you. Mm. Like, you know, art is great when it's fantasy and when it's unbelievable and when it's like, you know, I, I loved Rogue One. I thought mm. it was a great movie, mm. but it was great for different reasons. Sure. It didn't, and I still like, as big of a comic book nerd as I am, Moonlight is easily one of the best movies I've seen all year. Mm. And that's taking a movie that typically dramas aren't the first thing I go to. Sure. And I still acknowledge that A, it's an important movie, and B, it was absolutely phenomenal yeah you know and i want to engage more in that because i openly know that i'm not engaging in enough of that yeah and i think it's something that a lot of other people need to realize too and i think it's why plays like good grief are really important and and the work you're doing as a producer and there's not enough of that yeah you know and i'm saying that as someone who is represented everywhere yeah and i don't need more representation i need to see people that aren't me in other places and i think that's highly underrepresented and needs yeah. to be represented more. Because if people don't travel more, then we need to do it through our media, right? Absolutely. Where it's like, I think, if you travel, and then that does, that's like a, that's going to be like, that's like a, I mean, once I'm getting, that's a right, ni- nice thing about like, oh, I'm going to like really push into this writer identity because mm-hmm. I can do it from wherever I am. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you just travel more, you just see each other more as human beings and you also just see how deep things are not yeah you know what I mean it's like it's uh, you know and as a black person like god it's so not deep at other places it's just just not (laughs) human beings you can just like like there's an there's a there's a acknowledgement mm-hmm. right that things are different and hard and mm-hmm. there's an acknowledgement but it's like but I can still meet you here as a human being I can mm-hmm. do that and there's just too much shit that's happened here that people don't like really do that but it's like yeah. god you go to some place and you're like god if we got some people in, and I won't say middle America because middle America I don't think is the I don't think everyone thinks that they're the problem I'm like they're not the problem y'all yeah. like you know like we're the problem too and yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we don't. We just don't go to we don't go to Middle America enough. Yeah. We don't we don't yeah. visit each other enough. We don't see each other enough. We're like Absolutely. in our phones and we're hanging out with the people who have the same we have the same opinions as. Yeah. And so it's like if we could at least do that through film and TV or theater, where you can travel to this other place. Absolutely. And see this other place and see these people as human. Maybe that's maybe that's a form of how we need to do things. Maybe it's like okay, we take someone to Europe through this, or we take yeah. someone to the hood through this. We take someone to like Middle America through this film, and mm-hmm. we and 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 we and we somehow make ourselves engage and just go yeah. to the theater or sit through that movie when we were not planning on doing it because that person's not me. You yeah. know? Um, maybe we just travel yeah. in that mentally. You know? Yeah. Um, maybe. Maybe yeah. that's a grand thought. <laughs> I think it's a good thought. I mean, I know myself, I don't get out of the U.S., as often as I'd like, and yeah. I'd like to travel more. And yeah. since meeting my wife, I travel, I attribute a lot to her, if yeah. you haven't noticed. Yeah. Um, but I travel a lot more, and I see a lot more because of her, because it was very easy for me to kind of exist in my own sphere. Sure. Especially since I love theater, but it always seemed unapproachable to yeah. me. And so now that it feels something that's more within my grasp and something I can see more of and do more of, mm-hmm. you know, and even seeing different kinds of movies and music and all of this stuff, I think 
has really informed me as a person. And I still feel like I'm completely uneducated in the world around me. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not uneducated, but it's just, I feel like there's always so much more that you need to learn. Yeah. And I think that's also a big problem is people think they know everything. Yeah. And we don't know anything. At, at all. Nobody. <laughs> nobody all. knows anything. Yeah. You know, and like you spoke to our social media bubbles and like the, the echo chamber didn't seem real until this election. And yeah. I realized, oh, A, there's a lot more people on my friends list that were engaged in stuff that I don't agree with that I never saw. Yeah. And also all I saw was the people who agreed with me. Yeah. And that's a huge problem. Yeah. You know, how can you speak out or feel like you have a voice if you're just speaking, you're preaching to the choir. Yeah. Um, Like I DJ burlesque shows in New York a lot and I've become friends with probably three times as many women over the last four years Mm. just through performances and the majority of performers in burlesque are women. And street harassment has been a thing that I completely just didn't see until I became with friends with so many women who deal with it on a daily basis. And I'm like, holy shit, this is awful. And there's so many people who probably don't even have a clue or who are engaging in it because they think it's okay because they do see it all the time, but it's from a different perspective. And it's like, I think more people need to engage in what makes them uncomfortable and what they don't necessarily even can see. Yeah. And I think it's a huge problem now with Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. Like, you're just seeing what you want to see. And you're just seeing the people who agree with you, which yeah. is also, like, cool, but also, like, get out in the world. Like, you know, yeah. it's just like, get off, get off your, get out in the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, get out in the world. And so, like, that's going to be a sort of big 2017 where it's just kind of like, a lot of people are just going to fall by the wayside on my, on my Facebook. Yeah, uh, I Facebooked you. I'm like, oh, I'm not on that anymore. Yeah. You got to get out in the world. If I yeah. see you on the street. Is cool. Yeah. Oh, like where I'm just gonna be purposely ignoring. <laughs> I'm like, unless you're my mother or my father or my blood, everyone else is like, I'm gonna see you on the street, and yeah. we're just gonna do it old school. There you go. <laughs> I think that's great. I really you know? do. I think I think that there's not a lot. I remember as a kid hanging out on the front stoop of my parents' yeah. house all the time with yeah. friends, and now it's like everyone comes over, you you have dinner, but like nobody sits outside and just hangs out. I think also in Brooklyn we don't have a porch, we're yeah. in a building, yeah. so that's part of it. But like there are so many public like outdoor spaces it's yeah, like just so go just, to them I'm just trying to be more on top of uh, of that because I'm like it's a good I don't know also like it's a, like it's a terrible president but it's a good life for the yeah. most part I mean until I lose my health insurance and um, have to give myself an abortion um, until <laughs> that happens you know it's a good life and so you know until the apocalypse happens it's like time to like get out and like see shit yeah you gotta um, do for you since you can't change some of that stuff, yeah. you can make change towards that, but also do for you. I'm a very big believer in, like, if you can make your community better, whatever that looks like, mm-hmm. it reverberates. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've never... The things that the president does hasn't ever really touched me mm-hmm. because... I've always been poor. So it's just kind of like, as long as I tend to, like, like I think that shit is for, like, the actual middle class, mm-hmm. um, the super poor, and, like, the rich. So the rich is never really touched by that because they're never, you know, and, like, I'm, like, a medium, like, I've recession hit, and I was, like, recession? What are you, I'm poor. What are you talking about? I'm yeah. poor. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, what does that mean to me? Um, but it's given me more options because yeah. now the people who are, you, you, like, a little bit more privileged are like in the same like play field as uh, yeah. uh, you know playground as me as far as like creating things right yeah. it's created this sort of like thing where like it's free game it's mm-hmm. no longer your market and um, and with what's happening now it just feels like the main thing is like oh insurance or like Will, will having school loans be like illegal? Like you know what I mean? Like will, default, will I end up in jail for defaulting my school loans? I should call Sally Mae. That's one of the huge things that I'm like I'll yeah. call Sally Mae tomorrow. Um, note to self. But those. But yeah, I just feel like if you can do something within your community, whatever that community looks like, and create good, mm-hmm. that shit is the one that like it's just made you. Rem- it reminds you of like what am I? What's my complicity? Yeah. In Trump America, that's what it is. It's yeah. like What's my complicity? It's like I'm an artist. What I find to be really interesting is how the arts community has really banded together. But I was like, great. I haven't seen a black artist in your theater ever. Yeah, exactly. Sure. I haven't seen a trans artist in your theater ever. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen uh, like a multicultural play ever at your theater. Or you have a series of black playwrights and no black storytellers in the realm of designers or directors. Yeah. Like, 
you don't have any, uh, and I shouldn't just say black, but you don't have a lot of producers or artists mm. of color yeah. in your theater, and yet you're against this Trump America. Yeah. So that the other thing, so my thing is like, what are you doing within your artistic community mm-hmm. to combat that? Besides yeah. saying I don't like that. Yeah, actions speak louder than words. You know, kind of like we're, yeah. and 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 as a black person who's always felt the pangs of what that represents, like I've always felt that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm glad that white people are getting on board of like, oh yeah, that's wrong. Great. Well, if you think that that's wrong, then literally clean up your house. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Great. Go to that march. After you come back to that march. Yeah. Clean up your house. Yeah. Don't put like black artists or artists of color only in your reading series. Yeah. And not on your main stage. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of what like most of the theaters on 42nd Street do. So... Um, why? So right after all those female artistic directors, yeah, and they're all female now. Yeah, why right after they fucking come back from them fucking women's march? I hope they clean up their fucking seventeen eighteen season. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and that goes for me too. It's like great. I'm. Not, what am I? What art am I creating? Or what is my art saying? Or yeah. what? What? What messages am I putting out there? And the things that I make uh, that I can actually control. I can't. Yeah. I, I voted. I lost. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, but also like. You know what are we doing mid primaries? What are we yeah. like? Like um, I was like, what are we doing as far as like voting in like, you know, senate senators and 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 represent you know yeah. that type of thing. So I'm like, let's all stay on track. Uh, but because right now we can't do anything about uh, crazy Donald. But I like the protests and like the calls and I keep protesting. Right, of course. Keep calling. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. It's it's you have to do I think whatever you can. Yeah. And that's that's just it. You can't yeah. just sit by the on the sidelines anymore. Yeah. If you have a mouth. You also have feet. You also have, you also have feet and yeah. you have hands. Yeah. Maybe you don't have feet though. Yeah, you might not have feet. <laughs> you might not have hands, but you got something to yeah. like. You know what I mean? But you like, I like that. I like that. If you got if you got a mouth, you got feet. Um, Ngozi, thank you so thank much you. for being on the show. This was a blast and a this pleasure. Is lovely. Thank you for having me. Um, I can't wait to see you everywhere. <laughs> um, I'm I'm very excited. Um, it, it was it, it's also funny to live. Like I said, I'm very much in the music and video game area, and that's where my knowledge lies. Mm. I'm learning about acting in theater. But to see my wife interact with you at the party I met you at and to be so excited to see you and then talk about all the stuff you worked on and then for me to go look it up and check out all the the awards you've gotten and the stuff that you've done, it's just, it's really cool. Thank you. As now your friend as well, to see your success, and I hope to continue to see it. Thank Um, you. I'm excited about The Deuce, which you mentioned that you're going to be on next. So when does that air? Uh, We don't know. You don't have have uh, even. I won't even. And hypothesize okay. on the street. I know it comes out this year. Okay. Uh, because uh, they it's finally come out on the little like you know two thousand coming two thousand seventeen promos. Okay. For HBO. Great. But I I I, I don't want to hypothesize because okay. I don't know if I'm allowed to hypothesize. Fair enough. Um. Fair so enough. it comes out two thousand seventeen. Great. Well, <laughs> definitely check that out. Between now and December thirty <laughs> first. And when um, does a uh, Good Grief start actually staging? Good Grief starts uh, February twenty sixth is the first preview. Mm-hmm. Opening night is March fifth and close is March 26th. So February 26th to March 26th at CTG Kirk Douglas Theater. Awesome. All the luck in the world. Thank I you really so much. appreciate this. Thank you for having me. The uh, last thing I would ask is a favor is I have a saying on the other show that I kind of made up when I was an idiot kid and I think it still applies mm-hmm. is that the saying is music is life and life is good. Mm-hmm. I would love for you to do our sign off today and just say that for me. Sure. Music is life and life is good. If you enjoyed these interviews, please subscribe to this and the Crash Chords podcast on iTunes, where you can also rate us and review us. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Crash Chords Web, our Tumblr, and our YouTube channel. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to post in the comment area below each post. And keep the discussion going, because remember, music is life, and life is good.